This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Brunost. Yes, another struggle with pronunciation. Yep. Gonna do our best. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is another one. You sent me this suggestion. I had no idea. <laughs> no idea what it was. Uh. <laughs> and I didn't look it up until the next day. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a beer. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> uh, it's certainly not. No, it it literally it's it's brun uh, uh, meaning brown and ost meaning uh, uh, cheese. Um, it is a Norwegian cheese, which is brown. Yes, mm-hmm. and I guess you get the word brun in like a lot of beer applications, um, but or, or like variations on that term. Um, so I can see I can see the beer connection. Uh, yeah, no, it's a cheese. Um, I was actually introduced to this one by. Stuff You Missed in History class host Holly Fry. I think she had some like at work way back, way back in the day, like a couple offices ago. And uh, and I was like, what is this? What is this product you are eating? And then she went into like significant detail about how much she loves this cheese. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I tried some and I was like, that is interesting. I've never had a cheese that tastes like that before. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm very fond of it. I mean, it's kind of funky. It's salty. It's sweet all at the same time. And I was just like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I can't, I can't get a real vibe on whether I would like it or not. I think I would. (sighs) See me neither. And I was thinking about this because, all right. So one of the things that you dislike strongly is caramel, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually have more questions for you I, because like, like I was, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, would Annie like this stuff? Mm-hmm. All right. So what is it that you dislike about caramel? Do you like, uh, like, 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 do you dislike a caramel 
sauce? Is it the flavor in like a caramel flavored dessert? Or is it like the the, the texture of a, of a caramel candy? Like what part do you dislike? Uh, the taste. I think, I do think it's the artificial caramel that I really hate. Okay. Because I dislike that as well. But like, but like real caramel candy is like one of my favorite things. I feel like that's I can I can eat and maybe even enjoy, but it's not my thing. Like I wouldn't go for it, but I don't hate it. I think it's the artificial. Okay, it's like this, like buttery, and it actually kind of makes me gag uh-huh. whenever I have that flavor. That kind of like artificial, like diacetyl, like yeah, like flavor that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like that same flavor in anything that it shows up in, like in in a in a. Oh, gosh, what the heck is the brand of jelly beans that has all the flavors? Jelly Belly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do this for a living, y'all. Um, uh, yeah, like in there, but like other people are like, oh, man, the buttered popcorn flavor is my favorite. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, like more for you. Good for you. But right. Heck. Yeah. You know, I have some people who love that flavor and I'm you can have it. And I'm yeah, happy exactly. for you. Right. Totally. Um, yeah, so I think that's why I'm kind of, I'm not sure where I would land on this cheese, but I think I would like it. I think it would take, like, that first bite would be one of those bites where you're like, you don't know what to expect, so you kind of, you know, withdraw. But then maybe uh-huh. the second bite, when I know what I'm getting, yeah, then I might like it. That's what I think. I feel like, I mean, you, you've got a, you've got a really, like, I've I've never seen you really eat something and and express extreme dislike for it in front of me like Dr. then Pepper. again i've never tried to give you dr pepper and i would not because, because you're, you're my friend, friend. I know you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well <laughs> maybe we'll add it to our <laughs> oh my oh my it's Perfect. getting out of hand yeah yeah But I do want to try it. I'm very intrigued by it. Um, You can see our past cheese episodes and Marmite and Vegemite came up a lot in this conversation. So you can see that episode as well. Right. Yeah. As as like also polarizing, sometimes thinly spread breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) Toast toppings. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely check out our ricotta episode uh, as that is another whey related product. Yes. Another thing I've been craving, because I think because we're moving into spring, I've seen oh. a lot of ricotta recipes popping up in my sure. feed, and I've got a real craving That's for so it. Good. That's fair. That's mm. fair. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this brings us to our question. Brunost. What is it? Well, uh, Brunost is a category of cheeses made from the whey, not the curds, of cow and or goat milk. That's been cooked down until it caramelizes. Uh, you also add some milk and or cream in there. And, and this turns the mixture um, like amber to deep brown in color, uh, tangy, sweet and toasty, nutty uh, in flavor and, and just dense and semi-soft and kind of toothsome in texture. 
it's molded into blocks or, or bricks and sold that way. Uh, typically, you, you cut or shave thin slices off of the block. It's eaten as a topping for toast or on sandwiches or to make sauces for, for other dishes like maybe um, like meatballs or, or game meats or as a dip uh, like, like fondue. Yeah. It can be more mild if it's mostly cow milk or more funky, tangy if it's mostly goat. Different varieties may be salty or not salty. It's it's sort of like caramel cheese fudge, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is probably a combination of words that makes most Americans go, oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like in a nice way, um, yeah. according to me. Um, it's like it's like a cheese version of dulce de leche. Or um or cajeta, cajeta being a goat's milk caramel that is like one of my favorite things on the planet. Um, uh, Brunost is uh, almost like the same texture as like processed American cheese, or like a really young unaged cheddar, mm-hmm. um, but with a with a wackier, greater depth of flavor. Um, it's like a, it's like cows and goats made candy. Once again, sounds like a video game. Uh, you go to the old cows and goats and they make the good candy yeah you know <laughs> you eat it and it gives you a health boost or something yeah it's it's episodes like this that i do wish i played animal crossing i feel like i feel like i'm missing out on something mm-hmm. uh anyway uh okay so so cheese 101 um when you make cheese you take milk and separate it into the the fats and fat soluble stuff uh, that is the curds uh, versus the water and water soluble stuff uh, that is the whey. Uh, oh, that's like a Mandalorian thing. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> um, uh, most cheeses involve you then discarding the whey and further processing the curds to make your cheese. Like the whey is a byproduct there. Um, but it's still full of good stuff, like lots of proteins, some sugars, a little bit of stray fats, some vitamins. And so some products like ricotta and uh, brunost use it to make a cheese-like product. With brunost, um, you're, you're looking to cook the whey down to remove like 80% of the water from it um, so that you condense it into a solid. Um, but but because that would be pretty like gritty and brittle on its own, you also add in fresh milk or cream for the for the fats and proteins that are in there. And then, yeah, you basically just gently simmer this whey and your milk and or cream um, for a few hours, like maybe several hours until it, it's it's browned from caramelization of the milk sugars and and thick like a like a sauce or a paste, depending on what you're going for. Uh, I've read that you might also add uh, extra sugar or or even a prepared sugar, like a dulce de leche situation, um, to achieve a, a deeper color and um, sweeter flavor. Uh, I don't know. Y'all write in. Um, what you're going to go for, like like what you think is the right color and texture and flavor is a very personal matter. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I know I would be so rude to ask you about it. That is exactly the level of rudeness that I am. Um, uh, but I've read that it varies very much uh, regionally and personally. So um, mm-hmm. if you have those strong opinions, I want to know about them and I would never tell you you're wrong. <laughs> um, I understand that this is a mostly um, a purchased product uh, rather than like a made at home kind of product because, uh, yeah, it takes several hours of making sure that whey doesn't boil. 
Um, which, I mean, I don't know, pandemic, let me know. Um, <laughs> but it, and it can be a little bit finicky to get the right texture. Um, like it can go grainy pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And when they're sold, they are typically sold in like a straightforward wrapped block, um, but are also sometimes like on the artisan end uh, made in like really prettily carved wooden molds. Oh, okay. Love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And most traditionally is eaten at breakfast, uh, very thinly sliced on toast, maybe with a little butter or something. But um, but I've seen all kinds of recipes incorporating it um, uh, on waffles with jam is another common one but in sandwiches uh in uh like 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 meatball stew kind of situations in mushroom soups in ice creams in layer cakes in quick breads uh made into a salad dressing uh, uh as part of a base for a casserole in a latte i don't know it really does show up in all kinds of things <laughs> Which, oh, I love, I love, I love, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the largest brand in the business is uh, Tina, Tina, um, which is a sort of monopolistic farmers co-op in Norway of over 9,000 dairy farms. Um, and if you are looking for Brunost in the United States, um, the brand Ski Queen um, is the subsidiary of Tina that we get here. Mm, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, Well, what about the nutrition? Oh, it depends on exactly how it is made, but it tends to be a calorie-dense food with a high concentration of fats, sometimes a bunch of sodium, um, more sugar than protein usually. Um, But, you know, if it's a treat, then treats are nice. They are indeed. They are Mm -hmm. indeed. Uh, We have a couple numbers for you. Yeah. uh, As of 2021, uh, Tina exported some 700 tons a Brunost every year, um, which was up over 30% over the previous three years. So it was like on the rise as an export. And um, I I got different numbers from different sources and I couldn't quite, I, I couldn't really confirm any of them, but I think there's at least another 150 tons made that stays in Norway. Um, I also read that it's like four kilos per person per year in Norway, but Ooh. Again, couldn't really couldn't really confirm those numbers, so I'm sort of just saying them out loud. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and it is not only made in Norway. And actually, as of 2021, an Indian-made Brunost became the first Indian cheese to win at the World Cheese Awards. The World Cheese Awards. Wow. Love it. <laughs> they won the next year, too. They won in 2022 as well. Wow. That's mm-hmm. that's the movie we need to see or the <laughs> yes. limited miniseries. I'm ready. <laughs> ah, ah, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. You don't have to call us, Hollywood, but call someone. No, call them. Yeah, yeah call them. <laughs> but if you're listening, Hollywood, we do have quite a history for you. <laughs> we do. And we're going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. Okay, so... As with most foodstuffs like this, there is a generally understood period that this item was created, that it was first made, but there are a lot of precursors and steps that led to its creation. I can make the whole thing kind of murky when you're trying to write out an Mm -hmm. outline, for instance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And this is one of those items that was made from the byproducts of something else, whey in particular in this case. So it makes sense to me that people were trying to find a way to use up all the scraps and that multiple farmers, uh, people arrived at this or a similar solution around the same time. Um, That being said, though, (laughs) all of that being said, most sources claim that Brunost was first made on a small Norwegian farm in 1863 by a woman named Anne Hove. I hope I'm not butchering that. I found a couple different pronunciations, but hove. Okay. So she made this cheese, brunost, and then people got a taste of it. They made their own. Vendors and farmers sold it in Oslo soon after, and then more people tried it, and the demand grew. And then within a few decades, it solidified itself as a staple in Norway. (laughs) That's kind of the short like a version of the story but there is a very much longer version there is (laughs) there is and okay so the story around of feels like a lot of myth making to me um Mm -hmm. and to be clear a lot of this did come from uh tina or like manufacturers websites Mm -hmm. but the story is fun so i wanted to share it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Hove, according to this, spent her summers working with dairy cows on the farm where she was born and raised. And as was the tradition for a lot of dairy farmers in this area, 
This involved fattening the cows up so that they would produce more milk uh, by moving them to a higher elevation in warmer months, which I know we've talked about in previous cheese episodes. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was mostly women doing this work, and then they would use the milk to make things like butter and cheese to reduce waste and use everything up. The way uh, left over from cheese making was often boiled um, in this area, at least. And the resulting product was kind of this lean, not really cheese thing full yeah. of sugar. <laughs> yeah, kind of more crystallized and right, like 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 brittle and grainy corn mm. kind of product. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I love this part of it. I almost didn't include this, but so many people mentioned it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> legend has it that Hove's father didn't like goats uh, because he had some trouble with them. <laughs> like they had caused him all kinds of mayhem. So he was like, no goats on my farm, never again. Huh. Um, huh. So Anne only had cow's milk to work with. Okay. Uh, yes. So when she was 17, she got the idea to boil down the whey, but add in cream. Um, and so that produced a firmer, fattier, more cheese-like product that was very full of flavor, from what I read. And this was happening in the backdrop of the Industrial Revolution. So there were these innovations in transportation um, and food technology that had prices dropping and that also had like new products entering markets from different places all over the world. Mm-hmm. But Hove was determined to offer an affordable and delicious product that could stand out in the face of all of this. So she experimented with a combo of cow's milk and goat's milk. And I was like, wait a minute, but you've been telling me all this stuff about the goats. (laughs) Our dad didn't have any goats. But apparently this was after she married a man who loved goats. Oh, okay. Yes. So then the goat milk got added back in. Okay. Um, until she had a cheese that turned a profit and really caught on in the area. Um, and other nearby farms started making something like this, and they were able to avoid financial crises thanks to this innovation, uh, as hmm. the story goes, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And Huff is often painted as a woman finding success in a male-dominated farming field, In 1933, she was awarded the King's Medal of Merit for the contribution of this cheese to the Norwegian economy and culture. And on top of that, uh, that farm where historians believe, or we've now kind of like put the flag in, this is where it was first made. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her birthplace and Hub's birthplace is now a national historic (laughs) site. Yeah, yeah. uh, You can go visit it. You can go tour this site and they will serve you some waffles yes and you can like watch the cheese being made from what i understand if yeah. anyone's been oh my goodness oh yeah mm-hmm. please let us know the first commercial brunost factory opened in 1908 in norway and then a slight side note but in 1925 a norwegian carpenter by the name of thor bjorkland Um, patented a type of handheld cheese slicer for the express purpose of peeling off these thin layers of brunost. It's called, uh, it's called a Ustelhovil? I think I'm almost not butchering that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. It's a type of it's a type of cheese slicer that looks kind of like a like a pie spatula. You know, like like the operative bit is in a wedge shape, um, but it has a single long opening across the widest bit of the wedge. Um, with a bladed edge on one side of the opening. So like you pull it across the surface of the cheese and, and a slice or like a, a wide ribbon almost will come off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he based this on a carpenter's plane. Um, and yeah, it went into industrial production in 1927 and apparently over 60 million have been sold since. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I knew a, I knew a cheesemonger. He was like a recluse, one might say. Okay. <laughs> he was hard to find, but he that's how he cut up all of his cheese. Yeah. It's a it is a popular tool for many cheeses that are mm. not just Brunost now. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. was very cool. And uh this came up in a lot of my research. Um a trailer carrying sixty thousand pounds of Brunost caught fire in Norway in twenty thirteen and it burned for more than four days. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was, I think it was actively on fire for like five days, uh, because that's that's a lot of cheese um, that contains a lot of fats and sugars, um, and also like the gases that it was releasing were like bad enough, like toxic enough that the officials couldn't really close in on it for a few days, and so. Yeah, it just made for really good fuel, as it turns out. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm entertained by this like short lived cheese version of Centralia, <laughs> like like it's just on fire forever now. Sorry, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Silent yeah. Hill reference, solid. Yeah. Uh, also, I loved that almost every article quoted this. I think it's a police officer who was like, "Who knew cheese could burn that much?" <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yes. 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 Uh, well, in 2021, a bunch of headlines circulated about this trend in South Korea of using Brunost as a pizza topping, which listeners, again, please write in. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were these videos circulating of people like like putting it in one of those um like like a Parmesan grater kind of situation and just grating kind of a lot mm -hmm. on top of a pizza. Um, and apparently Tina uh, exceeded what they had expected to export to South Korea for the whole year by by May of 2021. And that was like 28 tons. They were already over and they were like, heck, where do we get? We, we have to redistribute our cheese. <laughs> the power of a trend, I tell you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then in, uh, in 2022. Uh, OK, so in 2022, the Norwegian ambassador to the United Nations began her, her presidency of the U.N. Security Council. OK. OK. And it's a tradition uh, when someone new comes in to uh, to bring a symbolic gift. And she brought um, a gift of Brunost um, as, as a little bit of brown cheese diplomacy. That is a direct <laughs> quote. Um, <laughs> uh, the gift bags did also include one of those cheese slicers um, and some milk chocolate. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I also read that there was kind of a what I felt like was a, a friendly debate. Apparently in the U.S., some people don't think that it's cheese. 
Well, okay. So like so like this is going on um the the technicality that it's made from whey, not curds. Mm-hmm. And so and so people like saying, Oh, the the cheese of Norway isn't cheese. It's something made away that's like a cheese, but it's not cheese because but and I'm like, I, I don't can we I mean <laughs> it's yeah. I mean we've got <laughs> If I'm comfortable calling ricotta cheese, which I am, mm-hmm. then I have no problem with calling Bruno's cheese. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that just starts up. Uh, it flares up a conversation. Uh, that's for sure. Sure. Um. Sure. <laughs> you know, especially on the internet where we love a good well, actually. Um, oh. I get it. I get it. But uh, Yeah. Well, um, I'm definitely, I'm going to seek it out. I want to try it. But I do really want to hear from you listeners about any of your experiences. Yeah, if you do have a recipe. Mm. Oh, right in, right in, Mm. right in. Mm -hmm. Please do. Uh, But that's about what we have to say about Runost for now. It is. Uh, We do have some listener mail for you, though. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Snow. Like a ski slope. Ah, Mm, I'm terrible at skiing. I've never tried. That seems like a bad plan. I'm bad at walking. I don't feel like (laughs) skiing would improve. (laughs) 
I, anything about my locomotion. <laughs> the first time I skied, I fell right off of the like <laughs> the lift, and I they stalled it for like twenty minutes because I couldn't get myself. You couldn't up. get up. Oh, buddy, it wasn't good. Well, it was me and three friends, and we all got our skis hooked up, and then. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> I feel like I, I have these like random asides in these. It's like Eddie needs therapy, probably. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> I kind of think we all do, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the, the moral of my favorite fan fiction. Oh, well, there you go. There we you all go. need therapy. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Allison wrote, longtime listener, first time writer. First off, I love the pod and always enjoy listening to all the wonderful and weird things you have to share about food. I am from Wilmar, Minnesota, home of Ginny O Turkey, owned by Hormel. Ginny O is really good about giving back to the community. They sponsor a ton of things throughout the area. This spring, the high school music department is heading to Hawaii for a music tour. Word on the street is that they really like spam in Hawaii. Uh, So the music directors reached out to the powers that be, and now we have spam shirts to perform in while in Hawaii. (laughs) Um, I still haven't visited the spam museum, but it's on the list. I also loved your episode about the joy of cooking. I inherited my grandmother's Joy of Cooking cookbook a few years ago, and your episode inspired me to break it out. I haven't cooked anything out of it yet, but it's lovely to page through and read all the tips and tricks Irma has to offer. Oh, it's true. I love that about that, that these cookbooks that you kind of just can flip through them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily reading. Like, you can read, but it's almost sort of like, oh... Let me look at this picture or let me read this section or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I love I love a good cookbook reading. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's just fun. Um, and congrats. That sounds like a great trip. I hope you have a wonderful yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Eat everything and report back. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. please do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the shirts. Uh, Allison sent pictures. The shirts are very cute. They're very cute. <laughs> so good Um, uh, Jacob we think Jacob wrote uh, first off as someone who grew up eating wild rabbit and currently raises meat rabbits for market sales thank you so much for the rabbit episode it's always great to see more education on diverse animal proteins beyond just chicken beef and pork Uh, second off there is no more ferocious creature than the rabbit Several valiant knights have been laid low by these dreadful rodents. Just look at the bones! Facing the prospect of running out of meat to sell at farmer's markets during the early days of COVID, I needed something to have to sell and uh, remembered my poultry butcher would also butcher rabbits. So bought myself two dozen young bunnies, uh, built a simple pen to be able to let them graze the lawns on the farm, and a new enterprise was born. They sold well, like really well, selling all 24 in two weeks. So I've been working to grow more to try and keep up with demand. And I still can't two years later. Rabbit typically gets two reactions. Oh my God, I can't believe you're selling that. They're so cute. That's terrible. Or, oh my God, I can't believe you're selling that. I'll take three. A large number of people who buy them from me do talk about memories of eating rabbits as they were easily hunted and a cheap protein to keep a struggling family fed, but still memories of family and older generations' recipes. 
I'm excited to see rabbit being well-received and appearing in restaurants' menus, uh, if not the cheapest meat currently. Uh, rabbit is a great backyard protein as well for people with such interests, as they're quiet, small, and easily butchered by one person. Though, my worst scars are from rabbits, not pigs, cattle, sheep, or any other animals I raise. Uh, their back claws can hit very hard when they're upset. I'll also include Flopsy, the bunny I proposed to my fiancé with. <laughs> And Flopsy's very cute, listeners. Yes. (laughs) And a great name. A great name. Oh, yeah. Ace's bunny name. Come on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is fascinating. I mean, one, rabbits are terrifying. Yeah. I I believe that they did the most damage to you 100%. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because you're almost not expecting it. And then then you let your guard down. Mm. And they take advantage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, rabbits. They know you're weak. Yeah. <laughs> but that is fascinating that you had such luck, uh, success yeah, uh, sure. selling rabbits during during the pandemic. Hmm. Um, but yeah, sounds like you've got a, a whole business going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It is. It is. <laughs> and I'm sure the people who are in the, oh, God, I'm so happy you're selling this category are very, very thrilled. Um, yes oh sure yes yes (laughs) yes. well uh thanks to both of those listeners for writing in if you would like to write to us you can our email is hello at saverpod.com we are also on social media you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at saverpod and we do hope to hear from you Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel. Dot com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.